to the Host by Tori show. I hope you guys are having a great week and I want to catch up with you guys. So I have been in New York for work the past few days and it has been a whirlwind per usual, but in the best possible way. Uh, For those who do not know, I lived in New York uh, in Manhattan for three years after college and I'm obsessed with the city. Um, I only moved because of a job, but it is one of the greatest cities in the world. And although I would say Now I am always so excited to get to New York. I'm also so excited to leave and go home to Austin. But uh, I came for a few days and conveniently was able to stay at my brother's apartment who wasn't here this weekend and actually has been a million times better than staying in a hotel. I'm literally recording this from his studio apartment currently. Given our budget for hotels for work in New York, there's honestly just nothing that seemed worth it. So uh, anyway, despite all the meetings, I hit a few good spots like Crown Chai and Carbone uh, and saw a few of my really good friends, which was really fun. So a quick recap on this past week. Also, I had my bachelorette weekend the first weekend of March, and it was just such a special weekend. We went to Palm Springs, and for those that are in the LA area, the weather has been pretty dicey this winter, uh, but it ended up being close to perfect with getting up to the high 60s, a bunch of sun, enough to lay by the pool, which is just really all that I wanted. Uh, Most people arrived Thursday afternoon, evening, and we went to Burba, which is a pizza spot in downtown Palm Springs. has like a great patio, uh, just really good pizza, and actually had some really good non-alcoholic drinks too. They had a specific section and had virgin drinks of some of the cocktails on the menu using Seedlip, which was fab. Uh, Friday, We woke up, we went for a hike, which was challenging, but not too challenging, and then got sandwiches downtown, and then we were pool-bound for the rest of the day, and Friday night was more of our going-out night, and it was sex in the city theme, and my friends showed up. Um, Some had inspiration from certain pictures, some had a mix of style from two characters, but all around, it was just amazing, and I wore the iconic Carrie Bradshaw outfit that she's in in the beginning of each episode, Also, the reason why it's funny that this is a Sex in the City-themed Bachelorette night is because I'm historically known for not being a huge TV or movie knower watcher and always getting people's names wrong. And so I remember when I was in college, uh, I was with my friends and they were talking about Sex in the City and I was like, "Uh, yeah, I don't really know much about that show, but I know that the main character's name is Karen. And they erupted into laughter because if anyone knows, the main character's name is Carrie, not Karen. So I got teased and trolled about that for many, many years later. And now we've come full circle because I started watching Sex and the City a couple of years ago and binged and absolutely loved it. Friday night, that same night, we did dinner at Tropical, which was the perfect going out vibe and also had a ton of other birthday bachelorettes and then this club next door, which ended up playing early 2000 songs, which was amazing. And on the drinking part, so I will say I definitely drank more than I probably wanted to on Friday night, um, but it wasn't because anyone forced me or I felt pressure to. I honestly just wanted to. And it was so fun. I wouldn't change a thing for me. It's been really important to not beat myself up about drinking more on certain nights or breaking a streak or, quote, being bad as I explore sober curiosity and this zero-proof forward lifestyle. And I was just reminded when I woke up on Saturday, like, why I do not really do this anymore and just moved on. 
Uh, Saturday, we had a lazy day of bagels, pool hangs, hot tubbing, some games, and then ended off with a taco dinner, some TikToks, pool, and lots of laughing. So it was really the perfect batch weekend and really got me so excited for the wedding just because everything wedding related over the past couple of weeks has just felt so daunting and trying to get things crossed off the list and a ton of personal to-dos. So this was really fun. Okay, let's talk about who we have on the podcast today. We have on Juliana McIntosh, or better known as Join Jewels. Jules started her brand originally as a cocktail blog, sharing daily cocktail recipes with the goal of trying to make everyone comfortable with making a cocktail at home or mocktail. She wants people to get excited about making drinks at home and has quickly blown up known for her aesthetically pleasing drinks and use of seasonal ingredients, which we dive into more. While Jules is known for her cocktails, she loves sharing all types of beverage recipes, lifestyle tips and tricks, home entertaining, and travel. This was such a fun conversation to hear more about her view on drinks overall and what she wants to do with her brand. So what were the key highlights? Well, how Jules started her brand and how where she grew up factored into her love and knowledge for using fresh ingredients, how Jules thought the bartending space felt really masculine and wanting to change that, and her mission about helping the home bartender and being more inviting and feminine, Jules' view on non-alcoholic drinks, and specifically the non-alcoholic spirits and how her goal with mocktails is more giving people a starting base, Jules' favorite hosting tips for making drinks accessible for every type of drinker, creating a desire around beverages, and lastly, the creator that Jules looks up to the most and how she thinks about sustainability of her brand for the rest of her life. All right, let's dive into the episode. Okay, Jules, thank you so much for coming on. I have been following Join Jules for the past year and a half and am obsessed with all of your recipe creation. And so I want to know how Join Jules started and how you've grown and, you know, launched your brand and really like dove into this space and have gained a ton of traction. So tell us about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Um, always happy to kind of talk about my journey and join Jules as a brand. Uh, it's funny that I'm here now, uh, almost three years later, I think. I started this brand in COVID. Um, so to give more of a backstory, I think, why I'm even interested in the category um, first and foremost before even creating a brand. Um, born and raised in Northern California, family's been farming for over 150 years. Um, I always grew up you know, knowing where my food comes from, understanding, you know, the seasons, really having, uh, I'm pretty blessed with like the food that I was offered, you know, at such a young age. And I, I really understood the process of that. I'm, I'm blessed to live in California as well, where a lot of things are in season. Um, and so I think that that kind of started my journey in my love and knowledge for, you know, using fresh ingredients. Even more of a backstory, my mom, um, with her knowledge of that, because, you know, her family is the one who's been farming for over 150 years. Um, she actually had a cooking show on PBS called Bring It Home with Laura oh, McIntosh. No yeah, yeah. And, but her, but what she wanted to do is she wanted to show how the food is made and, and go beyond the chef. So we would go out into the field of what's fresh, whether that's, you know, a strawberry field. Um, our family does, you know, peaches, walnuts, and cherries. So we would, you know, sometimes go out there and she would talk to the farmer. And so I always grew up 
meeting cool farmers, then having a chef come on, having them cook with it. So I really understood not only the production side, because, you know, I was always behind the camera watching, but I also understood, you know, how these people are creating all these really great things with what's right in front of them, whatever that commodity was. So I have a really cool backstory in that regard, because I think it gave me so much knowledge at a young age. But with that being said, yeah, with that being said, I didn't want to follow in my mom's footsteps, but I knew, and I didn't love cooking either, but I knew I, I knew <laughs> fresh. And so I was like, okay, well, I really love making drinks, you know, even in high school, I was making fun concoctions, non-alcoholic, of course, in college, of I was course. always, right. I was always the one in college that, you know, would help our friends make fun drinks, making a, whether it's like a pink lemonade, something like I always had an interest in making drinking whatever it was fun. Um, and so I think that that's kind of where I stumbled upon my niche of making drinks. And then I started to really understand, you know, cocktails because my uncle, he is like the cocktail historian of our family. And he was the one who really sat me down and was like, okay, I know you like going to happy hour and all this stuff, but let me show you how to make it at home. And it's actually really easy and tastes better sometimes when you make it at home. And so he was the one who sat me down and showed me, and I I believe it was the sidecar was our first cocktail recipe, which is like so easy. You know, you got fresh lemon juice, you got cognac, shake it up. Um, and you put it, put it in a coop. And my first sip, I was like, wow, this is so cool that I can just add these things, measure them out perfectly, and they can turn out to be this delicious tasting drink. And and then from there, you know, it just kind of snowball affected into my life. I wanted to, you know, get behind the bar and then COVID hit, of course. And so, so I- So were you bartending? Were you bartending when COVID hit? No. So I never actually got into the bartending space. I was like going online and I was, I was looking up classes and I really was taking my time because I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, you know? And I worked at a restaurant where I was kind of starting to bar back like on the side, like nobody really knew I was, but I was always there like trying to help them out. And then when I finally was going to take the leap to, you know, I'm here in San Diego, which is kind of intimidating. Um, I feel like in the bigger cities, it's kind of hard to get your, you know, feet wet and experience, but it was too late at that point and nobody was doing anything and everyone was stuck at home with COVID. And so I finally was like, I think a bartender actually gave me some really good knowledge, which was because I was I was debating on doing classes and a bartender Mm. told me he was like, honestly, buy yourself some books, buy yourself some booze and teach yourself and learn from your mistakes and, you know, find what tastes good for you. And and so I think I, I started that journey early on in covid and my sister is a photographer and at the time she was doing a lot of hospitality and everything shut down. And so I was just over at her house. We were just making cocktails, hanging out. And she was like, Hey, why don't we have fun with this? Get creative. And you make the cocktail. I'll take photos of it and then we can drink it after. And so that's just kind of how it started. Um, so it's like a lot of backstory of, you know, why I'm interested in it. And then kind of how COVID really, you know, propelled me into showing people my journey of making a cocktail. And it's hilarious if you ever go back and you watch my first couple of videos. I have, I'm going to do that after I this. Have, it is, it's embarrassing, but also it's, it's, it's really cool to see how it's just 
been this process of people who've been there from day one. They, they've grown with me. They've known that, you know, this brand was really great, but now we've moved on to this really cool brand. And so I feel like Join Jewels has really just been this learning process where we're all in it together to be better home bartenders. And, and that's kind of where, you know, I'm at even still to this day. I really like the accessibility piece to it because it can seem so intimidating. And then when you tell people actually how you do it, they're like, oh, that's that's not that hard, you know? And and I feel like hosting and entertaining and like the bartending piece of it and making people feel welcome and making them really cool drinks and, you know, the delight on their face when they get a coupe with a really yeah. cool garnish is like so fun to watch. And your recipes and drinks always look obviously very aesthetically pleasing. And so in terms of like the the actual like recipe development, mm-hmm. where do you get a lot of the inspiration from? I imagine, you know, it's coming from like the freshness of stuff yep. that's in season and, you know, what you're liking to drink and maybe some brands that are also asking you to to work with some of their different flavor profiles too, which is, is probably where you get it. But like, you're also churning out so much content. Right. So how do you balance that aspect of it too? Like wanting to put out remarkable recipes, but also realizing like you're putting out a video a day. That's more than 300, mm-hmm. you know, 50 recipes per year. Yeah, no, it is definitely stressful, but it's a good stress. Sometimes I think it it really takes over when I have a lot of other things to do. It's almost like my comfort zone. So I almost neglect a lot of other business things that I have to do as with my brand. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm just filming, I'm productive. But I think a lot of uh, the inspiration, like you said, comes from using fresh ingredients. I also think, too, it it started and I think it's always tried to continue to be this place where I want people because when I first started, I saw that there were a lot of cocktail creators out there. It was very masculine and it was very difficult and it was very, you know, this place where I never felt welcomed in the content I was seeing with the cocktails and the drinks. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really wanted to change that. I wanted people to see something and get super excited. Like, I really want to make that. And so I think that I got caught up in this aesthetic where I wanted it to be very open and inviting and, you know, more feminine. Uh, I love that feminine energy that comes through in a lot of the cocktails um, because I think that there's a lack of it in the space. And I think that that's kind of what makes it really fun is it doesn't have to be so hard um, and it can still taste great and it can still look really great. So I think it's always my goal to, you know, you see a lot of other creators out there and they're using really cool ingredients. They're my goal. I feel like, especially for right now is I want to make recipes that I know people will try at home. I don't want it to be this thing that's so unattainable where you have to go out and buy these five different, you know, spirits or liqueurs or things that are going to be super hard to find. Um, and so that's Mm -hmm. why I feel like keeping it fresh with the seasons is what really inspires me with the recipes because I mean, I am kind of biased because I am in California and I feel like it's going to be completely different than what's in season, you know, across the country. However, um, I think that that's an easier way to make it more accessible for people to try it at home. So I think that's where a lot of my inspiration comes is not making it so difficult and making it extremely inviting. Um, and then, you know, just juggling, creating content every day is, is, it is a fun outlet and I've been doing it for so long now that I have like a system down. Like I could yeah. film, I can film, I mean, even today I'm going to film, you know, four to five recipes, um, for this week. So a lot of people ask me, you know, do you plan out a month ahead? Do you do it weekly? 
no, I have no plan. I'm just like, whatever I feel. And, <laughs> and it's funny too, because when I do have a plan and I try to structure myself on, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, that's where I get stuck. That's yeah. where I find, you know, my creative juices aren't flowing. And sometimes I'll just go to the grocery store when I'm working on a client recipe and I'll be like, Ooh, this, this looks really cool. I'm going to try to make something with that. And I think the biggest thing is I just press record. Sometimes they don't work out and I don't post them because they don't, the taste wasn't there. But for the most part, I'm just, you know, creating and, and tasting. And then if it tastes good and it looks good, I'll just put it out there. So it's definitely interesting, um, how we've gotten here with all the content. Um, but you know, it's always a challenge in a good way. And on the, on the non-alcoholic side or like low ABV side, what spirits have you worked with? Like NA spirits have you worked with? If you have, like, I think you've worked with Ken, which is more of a, I don't even know exactly what you would call it, but there are definitely like NA replacements, like a non-alcoholic tequila Mm -hmm. and, you know, whiskey and gin that I've used. And for me, they actually mimic the spirit Mm -hmm. in a drink in a decent way, but you have to figure out the balance to it. And like my fiance and I always talk about balance in Mm -hmm. drinks and how to get like the perfect balance. And so much of it is like the acid in citrus that Mm -hmm. you're able to get, which like balances out a lot of like sweetness or alcohol, but in, you know, a a mocktail, you don't have that bite of the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be like really conscious of how much sweet you're putting in it already and probably don't want to add, add too much, but would be interested to hear any experimentation you've done with NA brands and like actually making tasty mocktails because that's what I like to do. Um, And then just general thought on like the NA space going forward. Totally. Okay. So great, great question because I feel like this space is only getting bigger, which is fantastic. Um, I love the options that are out there. Starting in January, I did a whole month long of um, mocktails and low ABV cocktails and it was a challenge in a good way because I felt like I really had to push myself in in trying to make really fun and inviting and exciting recipes that people who, if they were participating in dry January or they're pregnant or they're not drinking or they are drinking mm-hmm. and they just want something else. Um, I felt like I really wanted to push through and, and find some really creative things there. A lot of brands reached out to me when they saw that I was doing that Ken being one of them. And they're like, Hey, we'd love to send you product um, and have you taste it. And I'm, I always say yes. I always love trying new things. And honestly, Kin has been the one. And uh, I think it's Desoy. I, I haven't tried it. Desoy. Yeah. I, they sent yeah. me some. I haven't tried it yet. It's also like in a big bottle. So I haven't wanted to open it and like have it go back. Yeah. So I haven't opened that, but the Kin was really good. And so I feel like it's definitely preference when it comes to those kinds of, um, I don't even know if you would call that a non-alcoholic spirit. I feel like that's more of like a, you know, social elixir. Is that what they're calling it? It's not CBD, but they have like, I don't know, they have like caffeine or CBD or something in there that it's like more than just And so fun. I was trying to, um, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, I brought one of the Kins and it was just so nice to not have to have a cocktail. And I love those because if I'm out and doing something and I just can like, crack it and and pour it over ice. Honestly, for me, that's perfect. When it comes to non-alcoholic spirits, I've worked really closely with Ritual Zero Proof. Um, I think that what they were doing, they came out with a rum, I believe it was last year, that was really trying to focus on how they were making the rum and the ingredients that they mm. were using. Um, and so I think that there's there's, and what's another one? Monday Gin is another one that I've used that's yep. been really good. 
here's my thing with the non-alcoholic spirits. Um, I, I think they're great. Um, I think that they're, I, I don't know enough in the space. It's hard because I, like you said, if you get a non-alcoholic gin, I think the brands right now have such a wide, um, like flavor profile that it might make it tough for, you know, what you're making. But what I found when I was doing the mocktails and the low ABVs is specifically for the mocktails, I really wanted to make these recipes that aren't using these alternative spirits, but could be. Um, I I almost Mm. wanted to make like a base of like, here's a really good cocktail. You could spritz it with soda water and have, I think I did like a lemon ginger mocktail spritz with like um, sparkling water could have it in the morning. You could have it in the afternoon and dress it up with, you know, some fresh thyme. Um, I, but you could also add, you know, a non-alcoholic gin or you could add a gin. I just, I think that my whole goal with the mocktails is really giving people a starting place of how to build from there. And I think once you start to get more into trying to create a non-alcoholic craft cocktail, like a, you know, I think that they're even doing like martinis now and things like that. Like that's where you really need to focus on, okay, well, what type of gin, non-alcoholic gin am I using? And that's where you can really start to kind of hone in on how you're going to make this cocktail with what ingredients and things like that. But I think for the most part, and I think we're all growing in this space, um, at least for me, I think I just truly enjoy making a mocktail base, if that makes sense. Of no, that that makes so much sense because the feedback that I get. So I make a I make a bunch of you know drinks and mm-hmm. like recipe inspiration, and the feedback that I get is that these you know NA spirits are expensive mm-hmm. and people don't have the accessibility. For them, like you can't go to a liquor store and pick them up. You have to buy a lot of them online. And if you're buying them online, you have to meet like a certain shipping threshold, Mm -hmm. right? And so then you end up buying $100 worth of NA spirits. And at the end of the day, like, let's be real, they're kind of water with some extractions and stuff in them. They're, they're, um, They're not alcohol, right? And people have a hard time psychologically paying that much for some of them. Mm -hmm. And so the feedback that I've gotten a lot is like, can you make more drinks that don't have some right. of these spirits? But then also when you're entertaining, you you know bring this batch that you're talking about, this base, mm-hmm. and people can have it on its own and maybe add like a splash of tonic or, or soda water, or they can add an NA spirit or they could add a regular spirit and it's accessible for everyone right. in that one instance. And I think as someone who's wanted to lean more into hosting and entertaining, and I know you've done that a lot it just appeals to so many different people. You can all participate in the same drink effectively. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I feel like you'll see on my page too, is when I do batch cocktails. Um, there was a couple where I was adding like orange liqueur in there. So there was booze, but there were a couple in there that had no booze at all because when you're hosting, one of my favorite things to do is, is you create your pitcher and then right next to the pitcher, you have like, a uh, you know, ramkin for garnishes, but then you have, your tequila bottle, you have your vodka bottle, you could have your non-alcohol. And then it's almost like a, you know, make it how you like it kind of bar situation, which honestly, you know, I have definitely over poured tequila in a batched margarita. And, you know, people mm. had to, I just, I feel like some people like, or even if, you know, I love mezcal. 
So if I did a mezcal batch margarita, there's going to be probably more than half of the people at the party who aren't even going to try it because they hate mezcal. Right. So I think that that is, and I, and I hope it becomes more and more popular, especially with home bartending, um, to kind of give the option, you know, you could even have kids at the party and they want a little, you know, of whatever you're making. And it, it makes them feel special when they can have this, you know, whether it's, you know, citrus punch with no alcohol spritzed a little bit, they can garnish it. Like I just, here's, here's where I was noticing more so I think as I'm trying to grow my brand and step in the space of just drinks. Um, I think cocktails, I'm trying to almost step away from the, the category of cocktails because I want to step more into the category of just drinks. If you go anywhere, your coffee drinks look so good. I love coffee. And so that's like, it's so interesting. You go out to dinner, you walk out, you know, on a busy street, someone's holding a soda, someone's holding a coffee, someone's grabbing some kind of beverage. Like people almost always have a beverage in their hand. And so there's so much crave and desire around food. Um, I think drinks are really starting to step into that space because I don't want to have a soda. You know, I don't always want to have to have a cocktail. Like I, but I want to have something that is fulfilling and exciting and great with flavor that, you know, I can enjoy. And so I, I, I think we really are in this new place where hopefully mocktails aren't looked down on. Instead, they're, they're more exciting. And I do think that making them at home makes it more fun because then you can add non-alcoholic spirits. You could add, you know, what you want. And even when it comes to like the, the store-bought probiotic sodas, the, the kin, I, I mean, I just, I think we're stepping into such a fun space where there's only going to be more from here. And I'm really interested to see where everyone takes it. Well, you said, so you said, you know, wanting to expand, you talked about your brand a uh -huh. lot. And I, and I love that because when I wanted to first start host by Tori, like my side hustle was like, I don't want a social media presence. Like I want a brand. I want to mm -hmm. create a brand that people resonate with. And so as you talk about your brand, what are you most focused and excited on? Whether that's content creation and working with brands. I saw like some filming thing the other day behind the scenes. You're now stepping into a podcast. You have done some like travel trips. Where do you want to create your brand more into? And like, what's the vision? Yeah. Just very interested in, in what directions you're taking it. Yeah, no, very good question. I feel like I, I ask myself this at least every Monday. I'm like, okay, what, where am I today? What do you want to do? <laughs> um, so there's no, I, I'm sure if you ask me this two weeks from now, it'll change. Um, but I, I think for the most part, from its core, Join Jewels is about making people feel comfortable making drinks at home. Um, that was where I started. I didn't feel comfortable when I stepped into the space and I wanted to change that. I wanted people to get excited about making drinks at home and not feel like you have to spend $18 out at the bar. Um, instead, you can host people and have people over. And, and I think as that has grown and I've created this community, my focus is creating this community around beverages. And that can go in a lot of different directions. Um, travel is just a part of me that I think is starting to spill out because I love travel. Um, and I, I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else. But whenever I travel, my first thought is, 
what coffee shops are we going to and what cocktail yes. bars are we going to, you know? And, and you have, and you have like three coffees a day and you have like yes. three other drinks a day when you're traveling. Totally. So I, I just feel like when it comes to the beverage space, there's so much that can be done. And I, and I'm so excited to kind of journey into that of whenever I go, I've started these Google maps, which I found is like the best app to share, um, you know, saved locations and it's join jewels in. So I just went to Baja. So join jewels in Baja. And I picked some of my spots that I've been before some of the spots I went to, and I'm just really trying to create this place where when you go, you can start making your own list, but you can have some places that I've found too, that might interest you. And, it, and so it's really this whole space about getting excited about beverages, um, and what we're drinking. And that can be in any, any way, right. Coffee, teas, you know, all these really cool experiences. And so, you know, travel's huge. Continuing to build a community is, is I think will always be my goal. Um, making people feel comfortable and, you know, just, just, showcasing how easy and and it's not that complicated to make drinks yourself it's not hard to go out and find really cool places and expand you know your life experiences through I mean I've met some of the coolest people when I travel and I go into a bar and I sit with the bartender or I talk to you know the barista behind the bar at this really cool coffee shop and we talk about where the coffee's coming from and you know all why they got this flavor inspiration for this latte and like I just I find so much in that um, and, and so I'm trying to, in this huge world of online social media, I'm trying to create this place where, you know, I'm at least guiding people in my journey and hopefully people can also join in on that. No, that makes so much sense. And so in terms of like what outlets make you feel the most fulfilled by that, would you say it's sharing the recipes and getting feedback? Is it like people saying things in your DMs? Like, where do you feel like you get that sense of community the most and like what you're putting out is giving you that sense of fulfillment? Yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I think Instagram is huge, um, especially right now. I just feel like so connected with the people who follow me. I try to get back to DMs as much as I can, which I know sounds kind of crazy, um, to say, but it's, it's true. There's a lot of questions that come in that I try to answer them, but there's a lot of people who will reach out to me again and again, and will say, Hey, I tried this recipe. I loved it. I'm like, wow, I love that. I'm going to make a note of it of which recipe it was and see like, okay, well, why did you like that? And was it easy? And, and kind of take notes on, okay, well, it was using four ingredients instead of some of my others that use six. Maybe that's why. Mm. And so I love the feedback specifically from Instagram because I, I think it's more of a uh, welcoming space. But I, I also love that like my website is always there and my email is always in there. And so, you know, I, I just, it's hard because I want to be there for everyone and right. You can only do so much, but I do think that the comments and people joining, I have a Facebook group, um, my oh, okay. join jewels cocktail club, Facebook group where I've now created it's fun. Yeah. It's super fun. And so people can go on there, join it. And I had somebody ask, you know, Hey, I'm making a, a batch margarita. What do you recommend with this ingredient or this? And then you have people commenting back and forth and it's just like this 
huge community where we're just all trying to help each other out and answer questions. And yeah, so that's really fun. And then, you know, TikTok is just, it's, you never know what you're going to get with that platform. The dark, dark world of TikTok. I know. I like, I have a love hate relationship with TikTok. Um, so I, I don't, it's crazy. Um, I don't feel much of a community on TikTok, if you can believe it. Yeah. Um, no, it's even if you have what you probably have a couple hundred thousand followers I on there, like almost a million. And, yeah, I have eight hundred like sixty thousand followers, and I feel so terrible because I'm like, where is everybody? I'm just trying to yeah, help you it's guys. So like, weird. Are you guys not liking this? I don't know. Like, I have I have gone down the darkest holes sometimes of just like I give up. I hate this. Why am I even doing this? And then I got to remember it's just one platform. And, right. and I think what's hard too with drink creators is you'll have people follow you and they just, they're following you to save your profile, to come back to during the weekend when they saw right. that recipe that they saved, that they want to come back to, um, you know, it's not vlogging. And I think that that's something I do kind of have to remember. It's like, they, they're not here for me on TikTok or I feel like Instagram is more of, no, I, I want to see what you're doing, see what you're drinking, what brands have sent you and like, did you like it? Like, I, I, I feel like there's more of that, which is really comforting and exciting on Instagram. Well, I, I saw that you had tested something where you were like testing algorithm for vlog, doing that as a real, was that, was that kind of trying to prove out this? idea that you have around people following you for the drink recipes versus following you for you? Because I feel as though, you know, when creating a brand now on any social media, I guess it's more Instagram, but the recipes aren't enough, right? Right. Like people want the behind the scenes. They want to know, you know, more about your personal life. They like want more and more and more. And a lot of creators are willing to share more and more and more. And so the ones that do tend to grow more quickly and you kind of couldn't create this intimacy. So would be interested how because you you know started out just doing mocktail or sorry cocktail yeah, recipes yeah. and now you've grown into this like huge brand and so is vlogging working are people interested in that like what have you seen there so it's a great question because I did do I tried to do a month I think I I started late in January and I was like yeah this is we'll call it a month even though it was only like three weeks uh I it's not that I hated it I actually truly enjoyed it I thought it pushed me to not do more, but it pushed me to be the version of myself that I wanted to put out there, which is, you know, I'm trying to be the best that I could be. So I I could almost see some benefit to it just personally. Um, at the end of the day, I didn't see any, I didn't see anything from it. Like I, I got nothing from it. Mm. However, I thought about this cause I, I might do it again and I might do, you know, I think people like routine. So I think, you know, whether I go back to it and I do it, you know, every Sundays and, you know, workday Friday, I don't know. But what I will say, and this is just a personal opinion, I do think that there are people, and I look really highly to food creators. I think Half-Baked Harvest Tegan is someone that I look up to so much. And you look at her Mm -hmm. content and she knows who she is. She knows her content and she pumps it out. I think when people especially with this day and age of tiktok are trying to do these vlogs they're trying to do every day five posts a day and it's and they're they're like me like that's not my my desire that's not what i love to do there are some people who love to i i saw the burnout at the end like I, and i want my brand to be my brand for my life like i want to have this be extremely sustainable 
I want this to be this thing that I grow into, you know, one day, hopefully selling alcohol, having my own TV show, having, you know, books. Like I want this to be this wow. big brand. Um, yeah. and, and I, I saw just by doing these vlogs and then doing X, Y, and Z, this is how people start. And after five years, they're gone because it's such a yeah. burnout. And, and I think that, you know, Tegan is a perfect example of someone who knew what she was good at and just stuck to what she was passionate at and, and promoting that. And so, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I've never met her. I've never talked to her. I've only been following her forever and I follow other creators like that. And I, I do think that when it comes to content creating, um, the burnout is real. And I think that me doing something that I knew wasn't sustainable, um, would hurt me if I tried to push it. If that makes sense. That's so interesting. I mean, even I try to do a Sunday vlog the other day because I've seen people grow so fast mm -hmm. and I've tried to make a conscious effort recently around putting out what I feel really, really good about instead of just putting it out to like what you said, you know, five TikToks a day. Like right. to me, that's not living my life. Right. That's not living my life how I want to live it. I also have, you know, a full-time job. And so it's like, this is just fun on the side and yeah. I want to grow it. But I also for my own mental health, like can't do that. And I tried to do a, a Sunday vlog and I was like, forgetting to capture all these moments. And it was like getting the tripod up right. to like make my breakfast. And I was like, I just want to eat my breakfast, totally. you know? And it's weird because you don't see the behind the scenes of it when you're watching someone else. You're like, oh, they just have a camera following them around. But it's like the time being taken to set up the camera and hit right. record and remember to do it. It's just, it is pretty exhausting. And I think to your point there, it's, it's, it's figuring out who you want to be and mm -hmm. what brand you want to build and feeling really good about that. Because if you're trying to do all these different avenues, YouTube and TikTok and the, you know, the stagnant blog with pictures and it's just, it's too much. Totally. Um, and I think that's a really good point you made on just really figuring out who you are and what you want to be and putting out content that's really going to resonate mm -hmm. with that. And, you know, can try and try stuff over time to see if it feels good to you. But Ultimately, you have to feel right. excited about what you're putting out or else you're, you're not, you're not, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. And I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head there with, you know, trying to find like what gives you energy, right? Like doing the vlogs was fun, but I, I hated it <laughs> at the same time. Like I just, I didn't feel good about it. I, I think I had, I think, I think what we can all, cause I've definitely fallen victim to it is that, that rush of you know, going viral, that rush of feeling that your content is what people want to see. And I think that when we forget about that and we push through with the content that we are happy about and we want to, like, that's when it just starts to go. I mean, I have recipes that I do. It's the craziest thing. Get 10,000 <laughs> likes on Instagram and get a hundred likes on TikTok. And it's the same sound, the same caption, the same hashtags. And so I think you know, and I struggle with this even still, I think I have to continue to grow my brand in the way that I want to, rather than needing to feel validated with the content that I'm pushing out. And I think that's what separates, you know, those who are successful. I mean, you know, we can, we can talk about this all day, but you know, Alex Earl, I, I, she's popping off right now, but that's what <laughs> she likes to do, right? Like she loves yeah. that kind of content, but I did see a video of her saying, I have been doing this style of content for years. 
like for a long time. And I just recently blew up. So I think that that's something that we all have to remind ourselves, whether you're making drinks, whether you're, you know, a beauty blogger, whatever it is, if you want to grow a brand online, you have to find what makes you happy and you have to stick with it and feel confident enough in yourself. And I think that's where we can all struggle because trust me, when I get a video out there that I'm like, oh, this one's going to crush. I, I did so well. Like I am so stoked with how this came out. It's beautiful. And then it doesn't do well. Like it, it is soul crushing a bit, but I think that, yeah. you know, the ebbs and flows of just pushing through it, um, is what's going to, I think, inevitably help you in the long run, if that's what you want to do. I think, you know, some people get into this and then they're like, honestly, this is too much. I can't. And that's totally fine too. Um, I just think that content creating is a long journey. And I think that we have to be confident in ourselves and and what we're putting out there. And, and I think that's, that's why I always record the drink recipes. It's therapeutic to me, you know, and, and whether they taste good or not, I always make sure they do. Cause if they don't, then I don't post them, but just even filming it and having some of the content is just like, I love editing and putting that together to create this, you know, experience for people. And I think that, you know, keeping that in mind is what makes me keep pushing, even if it's not going to reach enough people, you know? Well, transitioning, you know, from just content creation to now, like going into a podcast and pursuing a longer form audio format, yeah would be interested because that's that's pretty different than what, you know, you're doing or your core business, right? Of just beautiful aesthetic drinks. Yeah. It's very similar in terms of talking about drink making and the art of drinks and all of that. But what made you want to pursue that? Is that more just like a passion project? Do you see podcasting yeah. as a bigger part of your business going forward? Totally. So definitely a passion project, like super fun. It is a wonderful, such an amazing experience to have this excuse once a week to get with my uncle. He's in Minnesota. I don't get to see him often. Um, for us to just get together and chat about cocktails. And again, I said in the beginning, he's the reason why I got into making cocktails because he's the cocktail Mm -hmm. historian. So it's so fun to be the guide again i think it's it's always that you know with join jewels is i'm everyone else and i want to come to this podcast and ask those questions that he has the answers to you know he's been doing this a lot longer than i have um he you know has read a lot more cocktail books than i have and so i think it's a really fun experience to kind of do this podcast together and have me be this host and this guide of I don't know what you're talking about. So let's walk through it and let's try to learn together. Um, And each episode is a different cocktail. And so I don't know if it's, if it's going to be a long-term thing, I would love for it to get picked up and we can just roll with it um, and, and do it. But right now it definitely is a passion project, but I, I really enjoy it. I think having the longer form content is, is more, I feel like I can get more out of it than just a recipe video. I feel like I go more in depth of like, why, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think people are getting to a point with my content. I've been doing this for almost three years. I think people are now like, okay, Jules, super great. We know we're getting aesthetic recipe videos. I want more. And so I think that that more isn't more recipes. I think that more is more knowledge in the beverage space. So, you know, we're diving into 
classic cocktails in the podcast. And I have a newsletter that I'm trying to put out every Monday that has new, you know, whether it's a, Hey, I made this syrup over the weekend. Let's here's how I made it. You know, I'm trying to expand myself in this space as much as I can. And a podcast only felt right. Um, it just feels yeah. like we started doing a YouTube, uh, where we would zoom in and, and screen record. And so we would like, you know, cut to, we'd put our computer screens down and, and put the cocktail together. It was a mess, but it was so fun at the same time. And <laughs> I think it was my cousin actually was like, Hey, I love what you guys are doing, except for when you guys are making the cocktail, you guys are pretty much just standing there talking. I feel like this could be a podcast. And we're like, oh, you're probably right. And so this last year, I think we started in like October, we just went for it. Um, and we're having a lot of fun with it. So who knows where it's going to go, but it, it is a lot of fun and it's a great outlet too. Yeah, no, that's what I thought too. When I wanted to do mine is like, I only have so much time to talk on social media. There's only so much I can say and yeah. get through on social media. And there's only a certain amount of people who watch my stories every day or actually get my reels or, or things like that. Whereas a longer form audio format with podcasting just feels like you're able to talk and have those conversations in a more fruitful way. Yeah. And then they're like shelf life material that people can always go back to. You can always reference. It's a little bit more like longer standing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Probably similar to how you feel with like having more of a blog versus just having your recipes live on social media. But you mentioned you know, people wanting more, right? And I forgot to ask you this earlier, but the Halloween book mm -hmm. you put out in, mm -hmm. I think, October, maybe you did it in September, but what was the satisfaction with making a recipe book and the production and everything? Because I have like a mocktail recipe book that I did on Amazon because mm -hmm. like I didn't have bandwidth to ship these and deal with finding a Mm -hmm. publishing company mm -hmm. and like I make you know a dollar fifty on each book totally. but like I wanted to just put something out into the orbit and I'm glad I did but would love to hear more about that experience yeah quickly. so I, it was like more of like a Halloween zine it wasn't like a hardcover it was a total total passion project with my sister um, we always take the holidays very seriously. And so I, we have wanted to do a book for a while. And so we thought, you know, why don't we just like dip our toes into the space and kind of challenge ourselves, see what goes into it. I mean, we started shooting recipes back in, I think like June and we did wow. everything we did everything we did not i mean we didn't even pitch this to get picked up we just totally we found you know an online printing press and you know my sister is so amazing she's the one who took the photos and like had the whole adobe premiere you know spreadsheet on how to put this together like a book and she kind of did everything creatively i just like made, made the recipes and set the photos um but it it was so difficult it was, but also great to understand what goes into a book, um, and, and what it takes and all the steps and really trying to go through. I mean, there was some things that I didn't add in or I did add in and it's just such a trial and error, um, and a labor of love that doing any sort of book is difficult <laughs> as I'm sure, you know, but it's yeah. super fulfilling when, when people, when you see those orders coming in. I did all the, all of the fulfillment myself. 
I did everything. Oh, it was it was so gnarly um, that I I was questioning everything every step of the way. <laughs> I will not do it again. Um, but I'm glad that I did. We only had, you know, a limited number of copies and we sold out and it was super great to get the, I feel like the people who had been following me since day one finally got something physical. Um, right. and I think that that there was that desire for that for a while. And so I felt really happy that the people who got it were the ones who had supported me, you know, since day one. And so that was really fulfilling, um, and really fun, but man, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone says too when, you know, you get a, a recipe book deal and they're like, it's not easy. Like no. you have to taste all the recipes. You have to like figure out how you have to like find someone to style them. If you're not going to do it yourself, you need a photographer, like writing, editing. Yeah. It's like a very, very, very long process. And so it does not look glamorous, but your end result looked really good. So, and I think the tangible aspect of having something just feels so rewarding despite like, it's just, it's just different than seeing it on a blog, right? Like it just feels, it just feels so much different. Totally. Um, yeah. And so. you know, don't worry. I am working on something I haven't shared yet, but I am working on something in that space. Um, so hopefully I'll have more, you know, to offer um in the new year uh 2024 so i haven't shared it yet but um yeah more to come on that but the book space is definitely an interesting one but it's a fulfilling one once once you do it right yeah totally yeah all right jules let's do some rapid fire to end let's do it yeah okay if someone had to describe your hosting style in one word what would it be? I think when it comes to hosting, really and truly, like, I hate to say this, but fresh. Like, fre- well, that's, you kept talking about, like, I- the ingredients, the the juices, the farm, like, everything is just so, fr- it screams yeah. Southern California. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to even, like, obviously, the drinks I'm making, I'm always using fresh ingredients, but I feel like even for how I decorate and host, like, I'll cut the citrus and kind of put those out on the table, and I'm really, you know the seasons change. So, you know, my sister and I, she's definitely gone out harvesting for like dead branches for like, you know, October and things like that. So I feel like we're trying to use as much natural elements when we're hosting and fresh that it makes it really fun. One of the things I'm trying to do this year is like have a party, like host a party every season. So, you know, like I want to have a garden party in spring. I want to have like a, oh, cool. a Malfi party, like a very, you know, Italian summer, you know, and, And I think it always surrounds by, you know, what's fresh and in season. And it makes it really fun and challenging at the same time, you know? Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. uh, I love hosting. uh, It's like a White Lotus summer vibes. Totally. Is what you're going for. (laughs) 100%. And I'm actually, and that's another, you know, I could, this, my brand is just, it's continuing to grow and evolve, but. I'm building out a studio finally, and hopefully it'll be done. Yeah. So like I'm trying to put in a full studio, kitchen, bar, so I can, you know, start doing a YouTube channel and start doing more video long format. Um, And so that'll hopefully be done by summer and I can have, you know, this full on, you know, party. Wow. Yeah. If we can get it done, I didn't realize how much goes into, you know, building something with all the permits. So we'll see. Maybe this time next year it'll be done, but hopefully, hopefully this summer. 
That's awesome. Uh, what is, this is a loaded question for you. What is your favorite drink? It is so tough. That is so tough because it changes all the time. And this, are you a seasonal drinker? Totally. I think right I'm now, assuming. Paloma, I'm in my like Paloma era right now. It's just like I neglected it so much and I have just recently been making them and I, I don't know why I'm not drinking them more. They're so good. And so I feel like right now. I love a Paloma. Yeah, it'll be funny um, listening to this, you know, maybe a couple months later I'll revisit and, oh, that was my favorite cocktail then? Nice. It's changed <laughs> now. But I feel like tried and true if I had to order Negroni always. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, like a Mezcal Negroni. I feel like for a stiff drink yeah so good totally yeah what is your favorite type of get together Ooh, i i have to say happy hour i love getting out and going to a new place and checking out and it doesn't necessarily have to be like happy hour but i think going and having like a new drink spot and meeting at that place like that's my favorite mm, thing to mm-hmm. do is like get to get everyone orders a different drink and then we all try them like that's I love that that so I think that might be my favorite but also hosting so it's tough <laughs> do you prefer to host or be hosted I have to host. host I have to host I'm kind of one of those people where I'm too hands-on to where if I'm not hosting it will freak me out. I love, I love yeah. hosting too much and I just like, I, I want to help. And so it just ends up me. It's tough when I'm not hosting. I can imagine. Yeah. All right. Tell us where we can find you and how we can support you best. Yeah. So join Jules. Uh, a lot of my social handles are join underscore Jules, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube. I have a website, joinjules.com. Um, and yeah, I feel like joinjewels.com, my website is really the place where you can get everything. I have all my music playlists on there. I have, you know, some blogs on glassware. I have my podcast. I have all my social handles. I feel like my website really is like our home base. Um, you sign up to the newsletter too. So yeah, joinjewels.com. Amazing. We will put all of that in the show notes for everyone to go and follow you because you have the best aesthetic drink recipes not cocktails drinks Drinks. across the board so yes yes i love it (laughs) drink space it's open for everybody no matter where you are who you are what age you are you know we will find something for everyone and i think that's that's kind of the main goal with with the beverage space is just making it really fun and inviting um no matter who you are so that's great yeah well thank you for coming on yeah this was great yeah thank you for having me this was really fun Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I'm not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the show if you can. It helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, host by Tori. See ya!